Welcome to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive with Dr. Rebecca Risk. Do you ever feel that even though nothing seems seriously wrong and you pass all the medical tests, that you still feel that your health, pain, and fatigue are completely out of control? It doesn't have to be that way. Listen to the tips and suggestions given on our program today and take back control of your health. Now, here is Dr. Rebecca Risk. Welcome to Falling Through the Cracks. Today we're talking with Tony Horton, who is the master behind the best-selling fitness series P90X. Tony is a world-class motivational speaker and author of the best-selling books Bring It, Crush It, and the incredibly motivating The Big Picture, which we are talking about today. Tony, welcome to the show. Rebecca, thank you so much for having me on. You know, I'm, I'm so excited to have you here. I've actually been a fan of the P90X series for a long time. Um, I was just wondering if you could tell us a little bit about how that got started. Well, P90X came in after uh, a product called Power 90. You know, when I first started out in the industry, I was training a lot of celebrities. I was very fortunate. I had people like Tom Petty and Billy Idol, Annie Lennox, Stephen Stills, Sean Connery. Um, folks like that, you know, and so there was a lot at stake when I was training those kind of folks. They had to get ready for a TV show or a film or a tour. And I had a sequence back then, which was basically a six-day-a-week sequence, and we would alternate between some type of resistance exercises and cardio. And then, fortunately, I met uh, Carl Dykelow, the president and CEO of the company Beachbody that distributes all my stuff. And Carl said, hey, you know, you've had such great results with your celebrities. Can you create a at-home version of those sequences, you know, because we didn't have lat pull machines and leg extension machines and all the fancy stuff, you know, Versa climbers and treadmills and whatnot. And I said, yeah, I can manage that. And so uh, we created Power 90, and it was atypical compared to what you'd see on TV in those days because, you know, there was like these three-minute routines or just one little simple piece of equipment that's supposed to do it all. And I understood that Real results came from, you know, uh, a myriad of different types of exercises, you know, lots of different muscle recruitments, a lot of cardio, a lot of resistance, a lot of yoga, you know, stretching. And so Power 90 really helped launch P90X. P90X is basically Power 90 Extreme. We added some more, obviously, some more routines. We added Kempo, Karate. And so there's 12 different workouts, which is very different than most. You know, a lot of folks are just focusing on resistance or cardio or martial arts. This has everything. And so, uh, you know, P90X came out about 15 years ago. We, about 11 million folks out there in the world have bought it, and it's been a great success. Well, you know, yeah, I think that's pretty amazing that you, that you were able to do that and, um, you know, get people so motivated and so, um, you know, interested. It is a, a pretty hard program as well. I mean, I mean you're, there's none of, there's no breaks in it. You know, like other exercise programs, like you said, are very different where, I mean, I used to feel like I would be standing there half the time waiting for them to, to say something. Um, so it's just a, a, a very different and, uh, which I always appreciated about it. Well, thank you. Yeah, you know, variety is the spice of fitness, and uh, like it is everything else. And I think what it did was it forced almost everyone who did it to focus on their weaknesses as much or more than their strengths. And I think, you know, when you do that, you know, I didn't like I didn't like martial arts initially. I didn't like yoga or Pilates initially, but I understood the the benefits, and that's why I put it in there. And it, and like I said. If you're somebody who's a weightlifter and you're forced to do all the martial arts and cardio and core work, it certainly focuses on, on new muscle groups. And if you're kind of a cardio junkie and you start lifting weights and doing resistance, you're going to get results, especially in 90 days. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so, so with your book, the, the Big Picture, um, you know, it's called the Big Picture: Eleven Laws That Will Change Your Life. What what inspired you to to write this book? Well, you know, my first two books were fitness books. You know, bring it and crush it. That's sort of standard protocol for a trainer like me. But my growth, the way I look at the world, came through personal development. You know, I was reading Deepak Chopra and Andrew Weil and Richard Carlson and Tony Robbins and Gary Zukoff and all these because I didn't get that kind of I didn't get that kind of intel when I was in school. When I moved out to California, you know, personal development is kind of a thing out here. So. So I just jumped in. I, I think the first book I ever read was Looking Out for Number One by Andrew Weil. I, uh, I'm sorry, it wasn't Andrew Weil, but that was the name of the book. And um, I, just, I thought, wow, I didn't realize that, that there are things that I can do to improve my life so I can begin to help other people improve theirs. And so the personal development thing was, has been part of my character for a long time, you know, 30-plus years. And... After that period of time, I thought, you know, the next one's really got to be a, a book that helps people understand why they're working out and why they're eating well and helping them do their best and forgetting the rest and helping them find their purpose and giving them a plan and showing them that variety truly is the best way to get there and things like consistency and intensity and, and learning to not follow a trend uh, but really stick to what, what works for you, you know, what, you're, what you feel like you're going to stick with not for 30, 60, or 90 days but for hopefully the rest of your life. Which I think is important, you know, a lot of people will do something, you know, for 90 days and then, um, you know, they, they don't continue with something. They don't allow that to be a lifestyle change. They have it be, you know, a temporary thing they did and then they go back to their old habits, which, you know, defeats the purpose of, of doing something for yourself. You know, if you're going to do something for yourself, it should be something consistent so that you can have the health and wellness and happiness that, that you should have in life. Well, you know, it's interesting. A lot of folks are, you know, they're just going through their daily routine. They're in that survival mode. You know, they're, they're get, hopefully getting enough sleep, and maybe they're eating, and maybe they're not eating well, but at least they're, you know, consuming enough food, and they're, they're supplying enough, enough income so they can afford, you know, shelter and a car, and, and that's fine, and that's most people, and that's survival. But I think when you understand if your purpose is about feeling good and having energy and having enthusiasm for new and different things as you progress through life, uh, that's what fitness and proper diet does. You go from survival mode to thrive mode, and it's hard to thrive if, if you're eating poorly and you're not, if, if you're not healthy and fit. So, so what do you think it is that is stopping people from, from making those changes for themselves? Because most people that are in those situations know that, that they could make those changes, but for some reason they're not. What do you think is going on? It's three simple things. It's a plan, a purpose, and accountability. You know, I talk about that in, in Chapter 2 called Finding Your Purpose. Chapter 3 is Having a Plan. Um, and then Chapter 5 is Consistency Reigns Supreme. So... You know, the more, the, the more you do, the better you get. So if you understand that if you're exercising five to six days a week, you can maybe, get, you know, pull off four days a week periodically, that you're going to beat the odds, you know. Four, five, and six is, is always more than two and three. And two and three, you're going to just end up with what I call exercise bipolar disorder. You're going to have these little moments of, of feeling good, and then you're going to take it two or, two or three days off, and it's hard to get motivated again. You know, it's like everything else. We eat, we sleep, we drink, we go to work, we do those things consistently, and we don't do the eating and the, and the fitness consistent, 
consistently. So if you do, that just changes everything. Next, you have to have a plan. You've got to know what you're going to do in advance. You know, so many people wake up in the morning and they think, oh, I'm going to go for a run today, or I'm going to go to the gym today, or I'm going to do P90X today, but they don't have it locked into their schedule. I mean, this is something that, that I tell people, you know, go get a calendar, old school, put it on the, put it on the back of your front door, put it on the bathroom mirror, put it on the refrigerator, and write down what you're going to do and what time you're going to do it in advance. You know, I mean, make that calendar only about your workout schedule and nothing else. And hang a red magic marker on it, and when you've done that, that routine on that day, you make that red X. And the hope is to collect red Xs over the course of 30 days. So ideally, you want to have more than 22 red Xs on your calendar month after month after month. And I think last but not least, which is probably the most important, is why are you doing it? You know, if you're doing it for other people, or you're doing it to sort of, you know, find the glory days of the past, or you're doing it for unpredictable expectations in the future well, then it's going to be a very frustrating process. You're just not, gonna, you're not going to you know, reap the benefits. My purpose is I want to feel good today. So if I work out today, I'm going to feel better than if I don't. And that's, that's a universal truth. I mean, anybody will tell you, how do you feel before a workout? Not that great, typically. <laughs> you know, and how do you feel when you're done? Awesome. There's a sense of accomplishment. You know, you're, you've, there, there's the release. And the science behind it is you release norepinephrine and dopamine and serotonin inside your temporal lobe, inside your dentate gyrus. There's something called uh, neurotropic factor, which is this amazing release of chemicals, molecules and proteins coming together inside of your brain that changes your perspective about everything. I mean, that is the power and the glory of fitness. And most people are just trying to lose 10 pounds so they can look good in a dress or they can look down at the scale and see 15 pounds or lower or break out their tape measures so they can see that their, you know, their arms are smaller, their waist or their legs are smaller. None of that is motivating. What is motivating to me is understanding that if I train today, I'm happier today, my cognition improves today, my memory improves today, and on top of that, I'm going to be a more athletic, active person. So I can go climb and ride my bike and go skiing and do the things that, that people do who have, who have better lives, who have big lives. That's, that's what it's all about. Well, I know, you know one thing that, I mean, you even talk about this in your book, is when people say they have five kids or, or even two kids and a job and a partner, um, they do find it overwhelming to, to make this one of their priorities. How do you recommend that people do that? Well, you know, it's interesting. I think a lot of people are still stuck in the, in the mode that they've got to do something for 45 minutes, an hour, an hour and a half, and that's not true. I've got a program called 10-Minute Trainer, and it's a little buzzsaw. You know, it's 10 minute, 10 minute get up and go. And, um, and so, you know, I tell folks, if you don't have time for 10 minutes here and there, then in reality, you just don't really care. You're just, you're probably spending more of your energy looking for excuses than you are looking for solutions. So, you know, I've got one called, you know, P90X3. They're, they're half an hour, 22 minute hardcore. They're 22 minutes. I'm giving people as many options as possible to get up and move to work their heart, lungs, and legs, and all their muscle parts. And so, I mean, at one point, you just have to say, enough is enough. What are my sources? Where do I go? I'm certainly one of them. There are so many out there. I mean, you can go on YouTube and get free workouts until you're blue in the face. So, um, you know, right now, Beachbody's got this Beachbody On Demand, and it's, you, get, you have access to 600 workouts, 600 workouts, for under 100 bucks a year. I mean, you can't get a gym membership for under 100 month, $100 for a month, at least at least where I live. And so, you know, there are, the options are out there. You know, you, you've got the Internet. You can kind of just Google, hey, look, I need to get in shape. What do I do? And 
thousands and thousands of options will pop up. Um, yeah, it's definitely. I think you know it's all available. It doesn't cost anything in, anymore the way it used to to have something available to you, like you said. So you know that part is easy, especially if you do have a family and your financial priority is towards them. But you can still prioritize yourself and your health um, in in other ways. It doesn't have to be you know spending money on all the big stuff because that doesn't mean that you're committed to doing that stuff either. Well, you're right. I think a lot of people think, oh, well, maybe the gym is too far. What do I have to invest to have in my house? So, you know, how much square footage do I have? Should I get a treadmill? You know, um, spinning, at-home spinning is very, you know, Peloton's really popular. Um, uh, And that's great if you have the money and you have the space. But if you look at any one of my programs in particular, uh, the best piece of equipment is the human body. You know, I mean, all you need is the human body. Uh, gravity and, uh, you know, a four by six foot space and you're going to get a lot done, you know, and, and that's how I train when I'm on the road. If I'm on the road and I'm traveling and I do all the time, I do a sequence of push-ups, cardio, core, and legs. And I just do, you know, those four different types of exercises, three rounds, four rounds, five rounds, depending on how much time I have. And it doesn't require a whole lot of creativity. I mean, everybody knows what a push-up looks like. Everybody knows what a jumping jack looks like. Everybody knows what a crunch is. Everybody knows what a squat or a lunge is. And you just do those in a row, and people will say, is that enough? Well, it beats the heck out of sitting, you know, sitting in a restaurant and overeating stuff that you shouldn't be eating. So um, it, there are solutions that are out there, and uh, obviously you can do any of my programs or, or anything else, as long as you love what you're doing. That's another thing. A lot of people... Oh, they go into training and they just think, I just despise this. And I said, you just haven't found your groove yet. You know, maybe it's Pilates, maybe it's Peloton, maybe it's yoga, maybe it's bodybuilding, maybe it's martial arts. But there's so many different varieties and you don't have to kill yourself. I mean, just back off, take your time, you know, be the tortoise, not the hare. That's, that's how I started. I, I wasn't athletic at all. I was, I wanted to be, I wanted to be a good football player or ski or tennis player. I just I just wasn't. I didn't have good mentors and trainers that really took their time with me and said, hey, don't beat yourself up in the process. Just go in nice and slow. And so I eased myself in. And now all of a sudden, at at 60 years old, at least I will be in a month, um, I can do things I couldn't do in my 20s and 30s. So it's just about your approach. It's about having, you know, the right kind of people in your life. All these things matter. Well, and, you know, the, the, I think the important part, like you said, is to love what we're doing because we're going to be more uh, dedicated to doing that. I mean, if you're doing a workout program because you think you have to do that and you don't like it, you're going to find a way to not, you know, get up and do that. Oh, you know what? I was tired last night, so I'm, I'm going to sleep in and miss it. Or, you know, I've got this to do instead. I mean, that, that's what we do, right? If we're not enjoying what we do and we don't have to do it, I think we find a way around not doing it. So it, I, I think it's really important to enjoy those things. You know, it's funny. When I tell people that I don't really like exercising, they're always very surprised. You know, some routines are fun, you know, but most of them aren't. For example, tonight I'm doing plyometrics. There'll be about five to maybe 20 people here, depending who's in town. But I, I don't like plyometrics at all. That's why I invite so many people to be here. But I understand the benefits. I don't love the actual routine, but I love what I get from it. So um, that's super important. With yoga, for example, I, for the first six months I was doing yoga, I was terrible. I was terrible. I didn't enjoy that process at all. It was just hard to be in a room looking around going, okay, what is downward dog? What is shavasana? What is, you know, bada I don't know what this stuff is. 
but I understood the benefits. So even though I didn't love it, I loved the strength that I got from it, the flexibility that I got from it, the, the, uh, and, the, and the patience that came from being in a space where I was doing something where I was uncomfortable. There are so many benefits in that. And if you don't judge it, that's important. People are judging the process too much. And if you just kind of leave yourself alone and you're okay, you do your best and forget the rest, everything will be just fine. Well, I, that, that I like that you've said that as well because, you know, a lot of people say, well, I can't do yoga because I'm not flexible or, you know, I can't do this because I'm not fit. And they're not willing to, to take that first step just to get there. I mean, yoga isn't about being flexible. It's about, you know, getting to that, that point or just to, to stretching, even if you, you know, you're like, your knees are bent while you're doing your downward dog. That doesn't matter. It's about getting that flow in your body. Absolutely right. It's about, it's about the process. It's about not being attached to the outcome. Just, you know, it's, you're in the room, and if you're struggling, it's perfect. And if you're not perfect, that's perfect. Um, because, you know, you come back again and again and again. I always tell people, well, yeah, of course, this first day or two or three, you're not very good. But imagine doing this on your 50th day, on your 75th day, on your 120th day, you're going to be completely different. That was my story, man. I, I was like the Tin Man in yoga when I first started out, and um, and people don't understand. I mean, yoga in particular is the glue to everything. It it makes you extremely durable. It makes you less vulnerable when you do other types of exercises. And when you understand that, when you intrinsically know, like, wow, yeah, this is hard, and I'm really struggling here. But as I get better, I'm noticing that I run a little bit faster, that, my, that I can do more reps when I do other types of exercises because there's all those isometric movements in yoga that you don't get from other kinds of fitness. And the feeling that you get after a yoga class is so different than almost anything else. You just you feel energized. You also feel at peace. It's, it's extraordinary. Uh, well, thank you so much for, for sharing that. Um, we're going to take a quick break. We're talking today with Tony Horton. He is the uh, creator of the best-selling workout program P90X, and we'll be back shortly. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. The largest syndicated alternative health talk program has come to the Voice America Network. The Dr. Bob Martin Show is the program that will answer your health questions and help you to heal your own body of many different ailments. Each week, you'll hear the answers that Dr. Bob gives to his callers that help them to be their own doctor most of the time. We'll also discuss developments on the health care front and what you need to do to keep your body in top form. The Dr. Bob Martin Show airs Wednesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. 
Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. are listening to Falling Through the Cracks with your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Risk. The email address is anantacalgary at gmail.com. Now, back to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome back. Today we're talking with Tony Horton. He is the creator of the best-selling workout program, P90X. So, so Tony, one thing I, I do want to talk about, um, I actually did your program when I was recovering from long-term illness. I had been uh, bedridden, and um, I, I was trying to get back in shape. I had been very active before that, and, um, you know, it, it was actually a challenge for me. Your program was probably not the best thing to start with. <laughs> I have to tell you that, um, but but you know, I just wondering if you have advice for people who either just haven't been active or who are recovering and and the, you know they've kind of lost all of that. Well, that's a great question. You know, uh, there's so many people out there that are, that are struggling. I mean, uh, a lot of folks coming back from Afghanistan and Iraq. You know, a lot of soldiers that are coming back with PTSD and and uh, you know uh, prosthetic arms and legs. You know, I've been to Walter Reed Army Hospital a couple times and. And met some of these guys. I was actually chatting with one young man who lost both of his legs. And uh, he was funny, man. He had an amazing uh, perspective. You know, he was there with his mom and his dad. And he was, at that time when I met him, he was learning how to get from his bed to his wheelchair. And he said he was, you know, when they were do- out, out in Afghanistan, he was doing plyo. Of all things, my legs were so sore from plyo. And then, of course, the next day, I mean, it's so, God, you know, the fact that he had a sense of humor about it. He said, I lost both my legs. And he said, well, I won't be that kind of sore again, you know. But, but uh you know, he was learning how to come back, you know, and I've, I've got a friend of mine, uh, um, Eric Stolhansky, who's in, as you know, he's in the plyo workout in P90X, and he has a prosthetic leg, and, you know, he's so inspiring because it was much more difficult to him, for him than anybody else in our test group at that time to go through that process, and he did it, and he earned a spot in one of the workouts because of his determination, you know, so you've got to, I, I just tell people, you've got to dig way down inside and find out who you really want to be on this earth. You know, and if you're not happy with who you are, then I'm going to tell you that from from my perspective, moving physically somehow, some way, modifying whatever it is you got to do, and just showing up day after day after day, like you, I had an illness. I had Ramsey Hunt syndrome back in October. It's uh, it's shingles, but it's in your ear, which is you know messes with your vestibular your vestibular stuff. So it affects vision, it affects taste, and it affects smell, and really really affects balance. And it causes severe nausea, so you're just you're just sick. So I, I got down to 150 pounds. Uh, I mean, I ate a bowl of Rice Krispies a day. I mean, I was barely surviving. Um, and you know, the one thing that I knew, uh, because there's no real cure for it, I still have vestibular issues now, seven months later. Um, but I'm stronger and I'm flexible again, and I have my appetite back, and I can get I can travel and do live events. I I couldn't physically drive. I couldn't even get behind. A wheel because my you know my head was just my 
internal gyroscope is the best way I can describe it, just wasn't functioning. And so, you know, I cut my rehab time in half through just good, clean eating and, and regular exercise. And there are people who come back, you know, from cancer and other types of, of illnesses um, and moving physically some way, somehow, regardless of what it is, as long as there's something that you can show up for day to day. And really, if it, and your diet, too, is a big piece of that puzzle. Well, you know, yeah, that, I, I think it's probably good for people to hear that, you know, Tony, Tony Horton also, you know, wasn't able to, to do everything 100% all the time because something happened in, in your life. Because I know, you know, dealing every day with, with people who are chronically ill and having been there myself, sometimes people get really discouraged when they say, well, that person can do it because he's Tony Horton. And, and you know, I can't do it because I'm in, in my place. And um, I think sometimes we get caught up in that instead of seeing that, you know, it, it, it won't be perfect and it won't be the way that we necessarily want it, but we can work towards that goal if, if that's something that we want and we create. No, hundred percent. It really is. It's just I think a lot of times when you have a when you found your purpose and you and you have a plan and you're accountable accountable to something or somebody, you know. There's a I have a group right now on uh, on Facebook. There's about fourteen thousand people. It's called Horton's X3 Hardcore Heroes. This is the third group in a row uh, that I put together, and it's an invite thing. You know, you kind of request to be in it. And I, I mean, I approve everybody because I don't see any, why I wouldn't wouldn't do that. But what happens in these groups is, you know, I'll, like the first time, it was uh, it was a hybrid of almost everything I ever did. The second group was purely a P90X group, and now this one is a P90X3 in a 22-minute hardcore mixture. It's a hybrid of those two programs I created. And what happens in these groups is people don't have they don't have that at home. They don't have it at work. They don't have it at school. They don't have that encouragement and that accountability through friends. They just don't have friends that say, "Hey, let's go rock climbing. Or let's go mountain biking. Or let's go to the gym." They're kind of on their own, you know what I mean? They don't even get it from their own people in their own home. And so it's super supportive. I'm in there every day. People will say, is that actually you commenting on my, on my before and after? I go, yeah. I mean, of course it's me. You know, I mean, I, I literally spend close to an hour a day on these groups because I love it. I mean, I, I'm not contractually obligated to do it. I, I, just, I just love seeing people get better and seeing people improve. I mean, my purpose is to help other people find theirs, and and it's just a great place to go. And that's it. You know, you can have your purpose and you can have your plan, but if you don't have anybody to share it with, it's just sometimes, you know, that's the missing piece of the puzzle for a lot of folks. So, uh, I mean, the fourteen thousand folks—that's that's a lot of people in there working hard to to help each other. It's pretty cool. Well, I, I think that's really nice about the way the world is now. You know, I mean, twenty years ago. If somebody wanted to to change and they didn't have anybody around them that was doing that, they would be on their own with that. You know, um, it, although we were a little little uh, attached to social media a little too much, I think it's nice that that we can reach out and have people who are in the same situation or working to this towards the same goal, and and we're not as small as we were. I agree 100%. I think, you know, a lot of people are ODing on social media for all the wrong reasons, but this is one way to take advantage of it, to connect with people while you're actually doing something to stay motivated and accountable. That's, that's exactly right. 
So um, when when you're talking with people who say do have you know PTSD or or they're recovering from a long illness and and say they're stuck in that thought process of you know this is not something I can do, how do you recommend that they um, you know work on that so that they can make those changes? You know, I I, I try to. I try to rewire their mindset a little bit. You know, uh, like I said before, a lot of people are doing it for all the wrong reasons. They're doing it for their ego. They're doing it for aesthetic purposes. They're, they're hoping that there's going to be a certain look that they'll uh, accomplish so that they'll get compliments from other people and things like that, which is such a, a futile way to think about it. You know, I, I, I talk about John Rady's book, Spark. John Rady's become a friend of mine. And he's a Harvard professor who wrote this book called Spark, which is the effects of physical activity on the brain and how it functions. And, you know, I mentioned it before about, you know, the improvement of cognition and memory and attitude and everything else that goes with it. You know, he did a study early on where they took a bunch of young kids in, in Minnesota um, and they made them run a mile every morning. The school was really, you know, there was truancy issues. They were, you know, the great GPA was down. There was a lot of fighting. You know, there was, there was no after-school programs that kids could stick with. And somehow, I don't know how they did it, but they got the, the, the school board to get these kids, and they despised the idea. You know, they're out there in the wrong kind of clothes. They wouldn't want to wear their gym stuff, and they just did this for, I'm, I'm not quite sure the period of time, but this is how he opens the book. And this, this just these kids struggling to get around the track four times. They're, I mean, all of a sudden, unbeknownst to them, they didn't really know what the purpose was, but it changed, the GP, uh, grade point average went up, fighting went down, school programs became more popular. I mean, it's just amazing. And so I tell people, I say, look, exercise for all the right reasons. Exercise be- today because you're just going to be more productive today. You're going to be happier today. You know, your memory's going to improve today. You're going to be more enthusiastic about things that you used to be scared about. That's the beautiful thing about exercise. And you don't have to be perfect. Just go in there and stink it up. You know what I mean? Fall down, get up. If you're doing one of my programs, pause it for a second. If you're, you know, running out of gas, march in place if you can't do the exercise that's, that's being shown in the moment. You know, if you stop judging it, enjoy the journey, and understand the importance of it when you're done, then you take all the pressure off, and that's the beauty of it. And that's what I tell people. Well, you know, I, I love hearing that. I think we're so hard on ourselves, you know. Um, I, can't, I can't do that exercise, so I'm not going to do the program at all. Um, or, or, you know, we can apply that to anything else in life, right? Um, and, and really, we just have to, to, to show up for it. And, and it's not going to be perfect because really we are human and, and we do, we, we, I don't know anybody that's perfect. So, um, you know, it, it's nice to hear that, that it's okay to be that way. You're exactly right. The struggle is the whole, the whole thing. It's the whole enchilada. It's, it's, it's what makes the story. It's part of your journey. If you look back at your life, I mean, even LeBron James doesn't, you know, score the winning shot at the end of every game. He loses sometimes too. You know, I mean, that's just the nature of life. When you understand that life is filled with ups and downs, the ups are fun. You celebrate the ups. The downs are where the, you know, where the motivation, education, inspiration comes from. You know, that's the, the, the parts where you struggle are, are, the, are the best parts of the journey because um, that's, that's what makes life interesting, you know. And I didn't know this early on. I wasn't good at anything early on. I was a C-minus student with a speech impediment who had two left feet who got beat up at the bus stop every day, you know. I mean, so, you know, and I looked at that and I think, okay, well, there's the bottom. 
um, what do I need to do to kind of move move up a little bit? And so, uh, you know, very fortunately for me, I'm at that stage now at, at 60 years old where I can celebrate all the trials and tribulations because they were part of my journey. Uh, well, yeah, and I think that's something to remember that we all have this this part to our journey. Um, you know, I don't know anybody who has a perfect family or a perfect life who hasn't had challenges because, honestly, um, I feel like that's how we, we grow and become better people is, is to have those challenges and to overcome them and to look at it and decide this is, you know, um, the this is where I want to be, so I'm going to work towards that. This is, you know, my goal here. Exactly. And, and you know, anybody who thinks that, you know, they're going to, uh, you know, build Rome in a day, it's going to be frustrated. You know, that's the whole thing. I, I always tell people, well, you've established what's, what, what's wrong. You've established where you struggle. Write that down. Write down those things. I mean, I think when you put, it, put pen to paper, it really makes a big difference. And then stare at that stuff. I'm, you know, I'm 50 pounds overweight or I can't seem to get my diet under control or my relationship is out of control or whatever it happens to be. And then right next to it, write down what you think you might want to try to fix it. And it might not, it's not going to happen, you know, and that, and that you know, you're, at least you're striving for the solution. At least you're moving forward through the process. At least you're taking your mind off the issues and problems and conundrums that you're suffering from and you're beginning to move forward trying to find solutions. And just keep repeating that process. That's all I ever do, you know. I don't have a perfect life. Oh, my gosh, I had Ramsey Hunt for, for, for the longest time. I couldn't exercise for three months. I was, you know, I was severely depressed. It was incredibly sad. I was in severe pain for weeks and months on end. And, you know, uh, I wasn't going to stay there. I wasn't going to die. Uh, you know, I felt like I was going to die. But I, I kept doing the right things. I kept making better choices even though I was struggling. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I've, I've always been the same, which is why I think I picked up P90X when I was still not quite well enough to do it. Um, you know, there, there was a drive in me, and, and sometimes I sat there and I watched you tell everybody to work out because uh, it just wasn't my day, and, and, you know, I just couldn't do it that day. Um, but I knew my limits, and I knew how much I could push myself because when you come out of a, an illness that, that creates chronic fatigue, you've got to know when to stop. Mm. Otherwise, you're going to lose the rest of your week. But I also knew that someday I was going to get to the point where I could exercise again. And, and you know, I'm at that point now, and it, it did take a few years, but I did get there. And to me, because I know some people are afraid. They're afraid to do their treatment to get better. They're afraid to do the exercise, or they're afraid to change their diet. They're, they're afraid to get there. And for me, it was... You know, if I hadn't done that, I would still be sick 10 years later. And and to me, to have that much unhappiness in my life was just not where I wanted to be. Hmm. You know, I always tell folks, if you're really struggling and you feel like you can't find find solutions, you know, ask yourself what's true. Ask yourself whether you can be authentic through that process and if you can be vulnerable. You know, I mean, when when you're, I'm sure... When you were as sick as you were and as sick as I was, you know, uh, those things are important. You know, the, the truth is I'm struggling. I'm severely ill. I can't pretend to be anything other than that because this, this illness is forcing me to be a very specific way. And so uh, I'm forced to be vulnerable. You know, I mean, I am vulnerable. And, uh, you know, so as you're moving through any kind of struggle in life, you know, a lot of people are kind of, you know, they're, they're presenting an image 
their ego is presenting an image that's not authentic, that's not truthful, that's not vulnerable at all. You know, they, the people, we build these shells around us, this armor around us that has nothing to do with those three things, you know. Um, and when you crack the shell and you're open and honest to people, they come running to your rescue because otherwise they assume everything's fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you're talking a big game. And it's not, when, the minute you stop talking the big game and you go, hey, I'm, I'm in rough shape. I, I need, I mean, maybe you're not the person that can help me, but can you at least direct me to the person who can? And I think most people who have decent friends um, and family members, and, you know, maybe you don't, but, but they're out there. And, uh, you know, being truthful, being authentic, and being vulnerable is a great place, great place to start. Um, well, I think that's also a great place for a break. Um, we're talking today with Tony Horton. He's the creator of the best-selling workout program, P90X, and author of The Big Picture. We'll be back shortly. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has a mobile app for iOS, Android, or Amazon Kindle. Visit the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. What causes us to be sick? We're not talking about the actual illness or the scientific cause of illnesses. We're talking about your body and health. Listen for the healing whisper of return to peace. Each week, host Dr. Marianne Chase shows you how to listen to your heart to identify poor health, stress, and disease. You'll learn how to heal energetically and spiritually as well as physically. It's time to depend less on the drugs and more on the heart. The Healing Whisper airs live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. are listening to Falling Through the Cracks with your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Risk. The email address is anantacalgary at gmail.com. Now, back to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Today we're talking with Tony Horton. He's the author of The Big Picture. So, Tony, I just want to, I mean, we, we had a great, great conversation. I want to go back to something in your book. It's actually your last law. Um, it's um, recharge, recover, and relax. Can you just tell us a little bit about that? Well, you know, uh, as, if you look at a pendulum, it swings in both directions. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, um, you know, it's important to understand that you should, you should uh, take it easy. You know, reap, reap the rewards of your hard work and your discipline and your, and your clean diet. Um, it, there's, there's a time for the body to, to recover. And, um, and so, you know, whether it's meditation or it's, it's you know, a form of uh, restorative yoga 
or even travel. You know, I when I was a kid growing up, you know, we were middle class. We didn't, you know, we didn't really get outside of our zip code very often. You know, my family would go to Disney World down in Florida. And um, uh, for me, you know, for my wife and I, the best way for us to recharge, recover, and relax is to travel. So we'll go up to Jackson Hole, and we'll spend a week up there, sometimes in the winter to ski, sometimes in the summer just to kind of hike and bike and, and just be out in nature. You know, that's the best way to do it. I, uh, when I, one of the T-shirts that I sell online is TH Fitness, and on the back of it it says, Indoor Training for the Outside World. And so if you're going to do all this hard work, you know, and if you're really determined to sort of change your, your lifestyle and get strong and fit and healthy and flexible again, then, you know, you want to make sure that your body recovers from that. And sometimes it's something you do at home, you know, which is just, uh, just reading or yoga or meditation. Uh, but maybe it's something a little bit bigger than that. And, uh, you know, you can do a, a, a vacation locally, you know, go to your local park or, or do something in your state or province, wherever, you're from, wherever you are just to get outside and breathe some clean and fresh air and, and not overdo it. You know, there's something called active recovery, which is, you know, if you're working hard, you know, all week, just go for a walk one day or, or you know, take a nap. You know what I mean? Like give yourself that reward. And I think that's what always keeps me coming back because, you know, I don't know anybody who can train hard seven days a week, week after week, month after month. I mean, the body's going to, you know, it's going to take a hit and you've got to recover from it. And so, that's important. A lot of travel, a lot of meditation, a lot of you know rest and relaxation, and hanging out with friends and family, you know, and and um, and not overdoing it. Well, I, I think the, the reason why I wanted to talk about this is I actually hear this all the time. There's a lot of guilt that people have for taking that time out for themselves, and and I used to have this as well. And it actually took becoming seriously ill to realize how important it was to schedule that time in my life, and it's now daily. Um, I you know I I actually. <laughs> anybody with Lyme or a chronic illness will think this is crazy, but because when I was sick, I could barely get up in the morning. It was very hard. And now I get up an hour earlier so that I have time for myself in the morning to to just chill, you know, and to not feel rushed on my way to work. And then I have extra time at work as well. And uh, um, I find that very important for how I start my day. It's not just that I've, I've worked out in the morning, but I've also then had some down and quiet time so that I can kind of regroup before I go into whatever I've got coming up for me. And I know when I talk to most people about finding downtime, whether it's 10 minutes before bed or any other time, they say they can't do it. They don't have time. They have kids. They have this or that. And 10 minutes, they will say, no, I don't have time for it because they feel guilty. When, when we really get down to it, they feel guilt for taking time for themselves. I think that's spot on. I think guilt is the, is the key word there. People feel like if they're not doing something, if they're not being productive, if they're not creating or, or, or communicating or something, that they, they feel like they're wasting precious time. But, you know, you can't burn the candle at both ends. You just can't because there'll be burnout. I mean, that's partly why I ended up with Ramsey Hunt syndrome. It is a stress related illness. I mean, sometimes it's random, but I, I was looking back at my life at that time and I was thinking to myself, man, I was, I was grinding just all the time, physically, mentally, and emotionally. And I wasn't taking the, I, I stopped going to yoga and I, I thought, oh my God, this is part of, part of my problem. And so, you know, my wife and I both allocate moments in our, maybe not in our, every day, but in, in our week where we just go for a walk with the dogs. I mean, it doesn't sound terribly complicated, 
And a lot of things, a lot of people don't read anymore. I mean, reading is, you know, why not spend some quiet time with the music off in a room just consuming information? So it's not like you're doing nothing. You know, it's not like you're just sitting there staring into space. And, oh, by the way, I have a little bench in my backyard. And periodically throughout the week, if I'm feeling stressed out, I'll just go out on that bench and I'll just sit there. And sometimes I'll bring a pad of paper and and a pen and sometimes I won't. And I'll just sit there for 5, 10, or 15 minutes. And sometimes I do it with my eyes open, just kind because of, we have a nice little view in the backyard, a view of the city and a lot of trees and whatnot. And sometimes I'll do it with my eyes closed. And I bring the pad and pen because some ideas will pop into my head. You know, I'm not frenetic about, oh, writing it down every time I think of something. I'll just sit there and I'll breathe. I mean, I call it therapeutic breathing. It's not meditation, but I, I guess it kind of is in a sense. I just take deep, full breaths and I count them. You know, and sometimes I have to count to 30 and sometimes I have to count, you know, three times that. And, the, and, the, and I just feel energized. I, I feel um, more relaxed. I'm, I'm sure I brought my, my blood pressure down. And then I go back into the house and do what I have to do. People just don't do that. I mean, you can do that in your office. You can do that anywhere. You know, you can just tell anybody you work with, hey, I'm going to need five minutes. You know, just leave me, leave me alone. You close your door. You sit up tall. You take a big old breath, and you let it go, and you do as many as you think you need. For me, when I had Ramsey Hunt, I did that five times a day because I was so absolutely miserable in pain, and it's the only thing that brought me back down to earth. Well, you know, I think most people who are listening probably realize how important that would be. I hope that they do. Um, you know, it's it's so important to take time out for yourselves and I think we get caught up in I need to do this and that and this and that and this and that and um, you know taking just a couple minutes, 10 minutes at the end or the beginning of your day where you can regroup and find your thoughts and find your center and where you are, um, it will actually make a huge difference in how you are navigating through all of that stuff that you're trying to get through. And, and we forget that. So this is where we're getting, you know, our road rage and our, our um, whatever else is going on. And this can even be where our stress eating or all of that comes in because we're not acknowledging ourselves the way that we need to. Well, you know, there's four things that are super important for everybody, and that's hydration, sleep, uh, stress management, nutrition, and sleep. And two of those, stress management and sleep, are part of what we're talking about. You know, a lot of people are trying to get by on six, five and a half hours of sleep every night. Now, after, after my illness, when I get nine, I have a very productive day. Anything under eight, um, my vestibular issues come back and I struggle more. My balance is, is, is incorrect um, or I struggle with, you know, balance. I look like some days, you know, when, I, when I'm traveling a lot and I'm going different time zones and whatnot, um, you know, people will see me, and I feel like I look like a drunk sailor on a cruise ship in a hurricane. Like, what happened to Tony? Is he drinking? What's going on? You know what I mean? And so it's, it's understanding that there are certain issues that are preventing you from being the best person that you can be. And if you look at, you know, you look at why people struggle or why they die before their time, you know, it's really three things. It's, it's genetic, it's environmental, and it's behavioral. Now, the genetic thing you can't affect, but you can certainly control your environment and you can certainly control your behavior, um, so you might as well at least begin to understand the importance of of recovery time and downtime and and um, and dealing with stress. And stress, you know, 
is this intangible. You can't, you can't see it, touch it, smell it. It's just this thing. And a lot of folks don't even know they're, they're stressed out because they've been that way for so long. You know, it's that, it's that frog in the frying pan um, analogy where, you know, you throw a frog in a hot fr- fr- frying pan, he jumps right back out. But if you sit him there in a nice cool one and you slowly turn it up, he'll cook himself. And that's what we're doing. You know what I mean? So I would say don't feel guilty about taking some downtime because it's part of, of life. It's letting the pendulum swing naturally in both directions so that you can avoid the stress issues and, uh, and simple things like, like reading or going for a walk or getting your, your eight and a half plus hours of sleep is a critical piece to that puzzle. Yeah, I, d- I definitely agree. And, and you know, like you, I, I, I function better when I do that for myself. And, um, you know, having been in that illness place or for some people it's just a very stressed place where they're just not taking care of themselves or whatever's happening, um, it, it's important to recognize that you need to um, take time. And I, I wish that our society did focus on this more. Um, but instead we've created, you know, situations where, um, you know, it, it, everything's about being a little bit faster, like our food is, is fast and not as healthy for us, and we feel like we don't even have time to make food. And, and that's that also taking time for yourself that, that we need to have in there is our nutrition, because you said that's one of the top things we need to do. Um, and a lot of people are, feel like they don't have time for that as well. Oh, you're right. You're right. I mean, food is everything. People always ask me to say, Tony, well, percentage-wise, what's more important, the fitness or the food? And I said, and I always say, they're equally as important 100%. <laughs> you know, so I don't know. What is that, 200%? Yeah. Um, you are what you eat. You know what I mean? We're, we're, talking, you know, we're talking about fruits, vegetables, whole grains, lean proteins, and healthy fats. Now, I don't know if we're vegan or vegetarian or flexitarian or paleo or keto. I mean, there's so many ways to do it right now. But, I, you know, my philosophy has been, Look down at your plate and see if your great 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 grandparents recognize what you're eating. And um, chances are there aren't there's not a Red Bull and Doritos on that plate. You know you want to eat single ingredient foods and you want to add you want to have a full spice rack and you want to know how to use it and you need to know how to go into a restaurant and ask for what you need based on what you see and you can do that in a steak place or a vegan place or anywhere. I mean honestly, there, there chances are there's chick, there's uh, vegetables in that kitchen. And most people, a lot of people, not most, I should say, but a lot of people don't even eat vegetables all week. They're eating beige food. You know, they're eating French fries and, and, and potato chips and, and chicken and, and potatoes, and there's no color on their plate, and, and that's really, really important. And uh, there's enough spices and sauces and, and whatnot out there that you can, get, you can get food that you normally wouldn't eat to taste really, really good. And knowing how to cook it, that's not that hard. I mean, there's this thing called the Internet. You can go on there and get recipes. Uh, you know, um, you know enough well, recipes. Yeah, there, there's a lot of recipes out there, and there's a lot of people that are part of this movement of of real food. And and like you said, it doesn't matter which diet you want to follow. Um, I always ask people to start with just the real food diet and and eliminate a few things that I know cause inflammation. Um, especially for them, you know, as an individual case. But but we're we have forgotten about real food a lot of the time. And um, and a lot of people say to me, well, why can't I eat what other people eat? And, and you know, my response is, why do you want to? <laughs> it's not real yeah, food, totally you know, cool. and, and, and what you're doing to yourself, you need to take accountability for what's happening when you're eating that. Well, you said the magic word, inflammation is everything. 
You know, certain things don't cause it. A lot of food do, does. And inflammation, whether it's in your joints or your muscles or your organs or your brain, which is where I had it when I had uh, Ramsey Hunt, um, is the killer. It's the killer. It, it just increases aging, and uh, it just doesn't allow people to, to live the life that they want to live. And certain foods cause it, and certain foods don't. And not everybody's the same, exactly like you said. Some folks can get away with, you know, smoking cigarettes and drinking whiskey and, you know, eating hot dogs for, for 92 years. I don't know. Maybe that's, that's, their, their, that's their genetic lottery, maybe. But the rest of us, we have to make adjustments. I have to make so many adjustments. I, I, w- I don't drink alcohol. Forget it. That just, there's no, no, nothing about that for me that works for me. And sugary foods, you know, simple carbohydrates, you know, cake and candy and, and, and bagels and white bread. And, I, you know, it doesn't serve me. And dairy, you know, very little dairy. I'll put some cheese on some things here and there. Uh, for me, it's back to basics. You know, I, was, I go vegan occasionally. A lot of my meals are still vegan meals. Um, I enjoy vegan food, but I still need fish, chicken, and eggs. You know, I won't have a steak. That's a very rare thing for me. But, you know, lean proteins, because uh, I train six days a week, so I'm going to need that kind of protein. Eggs are a critical piece of the puzzle. When I, when I went vegan, sometimes I lose too much weight. And um, I lose a lot of my a lot of my energy and strength. So and and some carbs, complex carbs, you know that that works for me. I don't I don't have a celiac issue. I don't have a um, I, I, gluten is not an issue for me. At least uh, when I get too much, you know, I have a big old pizza or something, a veggie pizza, that sometimes doesn't work for me. So, you know, it's it's writing down how you feel after you eat something. And if you feel good, it was probably okay. And if you didn't feel good or you got tired or you had some stomach issues, it's you're probably having an issue. It's really simple. But we just keep putting this stuff in because we like the way it tastes, you know, and we ignore how it makes us feel. Yeah, thank you. Um, so is, is there, um, I know that there's a lot of stuff that you're doing um, uh, recently. Can you just tell us what's, what's going on in Tony Horton's world? Well, you know, I mean, I, obviously uh, I've had such great success in the fitness industry, but I have other things that I'm really curious about. I've, I've always been sort of a, fashion maven, you know, so I've got this apparel line uh, called TH Apparel, and, um, you know, they're just t-shirts right now, we're doing hats, I, you know, a lot of the sayings that I say in P90X or X3 or something, you know, people start quoting me, so I just throw it on a t-shirt, um, and uh, it's a really good quality t-shirts, and uh, it's funny, we, some guy had one, one is called Aging is for Idiots, and I'm not saying that when you get old, you're an idiot, I'm just saying that there are options in life so that when you do age, it can go better than it would if you didn't do the right thing. And so online, this one guy had it on. His wife got it to him for him for his 40th birthday. And, you know, all of a sudden, we, it sold out in two sizes, which was kind of fun. So there's TH Apparel, also TH Care, because, you know, I don't – I spent a lot of time in the sun when I first came to California, and I just damaged my skin. So I had the stuff custom formulated for me, and it, people love it so much. You know, it's hair and skin. It's for both men and women. So that one's called um, – TH Care, and then I do a lot of public speaking. I'm going to be at the uh, the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, in August. Um, and uh, Darren O'Lean, the creator of Shakeology, and I are, are we're about to announce our big event called the Paragon Experience in San Diego at the end of the month of September. So if it's apparel that you like or want, or or uh, you know, I've got a course with uh, Brendan Bouchard called um, the big not the big picture, but uh, Living Large. And uh, it's basically a real breakdown of this, the book we were talking about. And so it's all on TonyHortonLife.com. So if it's apparel or skincare or events or my uh, Living Large course, it's all there on TonyHortonLife.com. 
Well, perfect. I want to thank you so much for joining me today. It was a great show. Thank you. Thank you, Rebecca, so much. Thanks for having me on. And uh, so today we're talking with Tony Horton. He's the creator of the best-selling workout program, P90X, and we were discussing his book, The Big Picture. I want to thank everybody for listening today. Be sure to make today a great day. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Please join Dr. Rebecca Risk again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll talk more next week. We'll be right back.